Hello, and welcome to Soothing Pods Sleep Stories. My name is Arif, and tonight I will be your guide as we embark on a journey to ancient Egypt. We will travel across the sky with the sun god, Ra, and spend time in the silvery light of the moon with the god, Thoth. Our journey of exploring ancient Egyptian mythology will be a peaceful, harmonious one, because we will be in the safe hands of Ma'at, the Egyptian goddess of truth, balance, harmony, and justice. Before we begin our journey to the beautiful, dramatic countryside of Egypt, let us find peace and comfort in the space that we are in, here and now. Close your eyes and allow your body to sink into the mattress beneath you. Right now, you have no obligations. There is no to-do list. You can simply close your eyes and let your body just be. As you lie in your bed, listening to the sound of my voice, you are already beginning to rest and relax, giving your body and mind what they deserve. Now, imagine a small golden light that can fit in the palm of your hand. Feel the soothing warmth of this soft, glowing orb that glistens like the sun as it kisses the palm of your hand, comforting you more and more. You can feel the energy within this orb, a pulsing, consistent drone that feels a bit like a heartbeat. In fact, after a few moments, you realize that it is beating in time with your own heart. Take slow, deliberate breaths in, noticing how that affects the beating thrum of the orb in your hand. With these long, slow, nourishing breaths, feel the beating of the orb slow to a steady, healthy pace. With that orb still peacefully thrumming in your hand, turn your attention to how the rest of your body feels in bed. Imagine that orb hovering up over your hand and gliding over your body, stopping at every point where your body is in contact with the mattress. Feel the warmth of the orb as it starts at the very top of your head, which is resting on the mattress or pillow beneath you. As that orb brushes over your head, 
Feel any tension you are carrying there disappear. Feel as your eyes relax without any strain or tension. Feel as your teeth unclench, allowing your jaw to relax in a natural, comfortable position. Feel as your eyebrows and cheeks relax. Then, follow the orb as it makes its way down over your neck and shoulders. As it does this, that warm, golden glow envelops you, encouraging you to find a more and more comfortable position in your bed, one that is not weighed down by the tension of everyday motion, nor the pressure of your day. Feel your shoulders come away from your ears, giving you all the space you deserve there to breathe a little deeper and feel a little more at ease. The glowing orb continues on down, brushing over your chest. For a brief second, you can feel that orb thrumming in time with the steady beat of your own heart. You feel your lungs open a little more, allowing more of that nourishing, sustaining air to fill your body and soothe your soul. The glowing golden orb continues its journey down your body, tracing on over your biceps, forearms, and wrists. Embrace the feeling of your arms sinking deeper and deeper still into the plush mattress that greets them with such kindness, such softness. Once your arms are sinking into that mattress, watch the orb as it bumbles through the air making its way down to your legs. Feel that glow as it meanders on down your legs, relieving you of any pressure or discomfort you've felt there. Now, the orb rises into the air above you, hovering just above your chest. It does not want anything, nor does it need anything. It simply is. It illuminates the room around you in that soft golden glow, painting the entire space like it's a wash in the light of the setting sun. The golds and oranges swirl together on your walls, your furniture, 
your art, a mosaic of the most peaceful time of day, a mosaic of the time where we can all sit back, relax, and reflect. This light that cycles through the world like clockwork each day is not just an external thing. It occurs within you, too. That glow goes with you everywhere, radiating inside you and brushing against each and everything that you touch. Any time that you find your mind wandering to places you would not like it to, remind yourself to check in with this light. Remind yourself to do the things that nourish this light. Sometimes the most nourishing thing of all is simply acknowledging that it exists in the first place. That glow and that warmth will be with you tonight as we journey to ancient Egypt. Now that we have taken the time to relax and find comfort in the place that we are in, here and now, let us begin our story. In the beginning, the land of Egypt was not anything like it is now. It did not even resemble the place where Moses walked or the place where the pyramids were built. There were no rolling sand dunes that glowed like gilded soil in the sun. There were no rugged hills, no cliffs that framed the baby blue sky like curtains from the heavens. There were no evergreen fertile valleys with lakes and a mighty river lacing through them. No, in the beginning, there was no land at all. In the beginning, the world was not at all like we know it. The world was water, chaotic, lifeless water that swayed and splashed and swirled in the darkness. There was no love in the world, no happiness or joy, not even tender sunlight. There was simply infinite chaos. These waters were known as the primordial waters of chaos because for thousands and thousands of years, that is all that existed. There was nothing beyond those navy churning waters and the frothy surface that splashed across them. But at one fateful moment, something started rising from those primeval waters with a great rumbling a drone unlike anything ever heard before. The waters shifted and swirled, 
parting as something rose from their depths, up and up into the dark air. A pyramid-shaped mound emerged from the water. Droplets ran off the edges of the mound, rolling back into the chaotic sea and leaving trails of dew in their wake. The mound rose high above the water, towering over the world which had once been chaotic and devoid of anything. This mound, shaped like the top stone of the pyramid, also known as the Ben-Ben Stone, was not all that rose out of the water. Standing atop the mound in the darkness stood none other than Ra, the king of the gods and the god of the sun. He was a strong, muscular deity with the head of a falcon and the sun disk inside a cobra resting on his head. In his hand he held a staff. Even in the darkness, the bluish-black feathers of his head seemed to have a sparkle about them, as if they could feel the magic brewing all around, the potential brewing in this new world which had yet to truly be formed. Ra looked out over the world of darkness. He took a deep breath and tightened the grip on his golden staff. Summoning a deep breath into his chest, he struck the golden staff down upon the Ben-Ben, and in that moment, the world of darkness was dispelled. Light splashed across the world as the sun rose for the very first time. It was the first sunrise over this new world, but it certainly would not be the last. Ra watched in admiration from atop the Ben-Ben as the sun ever so slowly began its journey up across the sky. As the sun progressed on its journey, its rays painted the sea in the glowing orange, goldenrod and pink light of the sun. It was not just the first light, it was the first color, the first art, the first beauty to ever grace the world. And Ra chose to enjoy every single moment of it. He gazed upon the creation that sprung from him in awe. With every second that passed, everything seemed to become only more and more beautiful. Ra was transfixed. He could see the potential in this new world, and he could feel it.
as well. He embraced the feeling of the sun kissing his skin for the very first time. The warm touch made him feel as though he was being swaddled by the universe, safe and comfortable and loved. But at the time, the world was not a safe place. That sea of chaos still remained, even once light had illuminated it. The water beneath his feet at the base of the Ben-Ben began to stir. Ra bent over, trying to get a good look at what could possibly be emerging from these strange waters. Though it was strange and new, he was not afraid. He trusted in this new universe and its future. And then, slowly, he began to realize that he was not alone. A woman stepped out of the waves, gliding from the sea of chaos as though she owned it, as though she had been waiting for thousands of years for the right time to emerge. Ra looked upon her for a long moment. She had shimmering black wings sprouting from her arms, wings that seemed to reach up to the heavens. Though she had just emerged from the water, the wings were not slick with drops. They were plush, downy, ready to take to the skies. A stunning ostrich feather was hoisted in her jet black hair, which framed her gentle yet serious face. Her expression was not one that had been painted upon her face by any emotion. It was one that showed she had a deep understanding of this universe and what it needed, a deeper understanding than Ra himself. The woman rising from the water alongside Ra was Ma'at, the goddess of truth, harmony, and justice. And yet, at the time of her arrival, the world was still in chaos. Ma'at turned to the churning, swirling waves. There was no fear in her, no hesitation. All she had to do was raise her hand, carrying with that motion such a sense of calm and control that even Ra found himself feeling relaxed. With the wave of her hand and immense concentration, the chaos within the sea diminished at once. 
A sense of peace washed across the earth for the very first time. A feeling that had never been experienced before. Ma'at took a deep breath of the air that was gradually becoming more and more fresh. She flapped her slick black wings and took to the sky, gliding through the air like an apparition sent from the heavens. And as she did, the world began to change. Ma'at was not just a woman. She was the physical embodiment of truth, of justice, of balance, of harmony. And as she swept over the waves that had been full of such emptiness, destruction, and chaos, she brought a veil of balance and harmony along with her. The seas began to calm. The warmth of her energy and the strength of her sheer power changed the very fabric of chaos, and with it changed the very fabric of what the universe had been like for thousands of years. Ma'at returned to stand beside Ra, who she regarded as her father. And though he was the god of the sun and the king of the gods, he was not more powerful than Ma'at. In fact, he looked upon his daughter with deep respect and admiration that she deserved. Together, they had turned the world from a chaotic one to a calm, balanced one full of potential. And truthfully, there was still work to be done. Ra stood upon the Ben-Ben, looking out over the sea. Though they were powerful gods indeed, Ra knew that this world needed more than just what they could provide. From drops of his blood, Ra created two other gods, Shu, the god of air and wind, and Tefnut, the goddess of moisture and rain. Ra sent the two gods off into the world to create more, and that is just what they did. Ma'at and Ra waited for quite some time for Shu and Tefnut to return. Eventually, they were gone so long that Ra himself began to worry. When they finally returned, exclaiming that they had created a more expansive world as Ra had requested, Ra burst into tears of joy. From those tears, humans were created, and they set out to inhabit the world that Shu and Tefnut had crafted together.
For on their journey out into the sea, the two had worked together to create the earth as we know it, working in loving unison with one another. They created mountains, valleys, cliffs, and rivers. They watched with joy as land sprouted from the sea, and eventually, plants sprouted from that land. What had once been a world of darkness was now a world of brilliant light, of every color of the rainbow. There was the goldenrod color of the sand as it shifted and sparkled in the light of the newly born sun. There was the cool cerulean, cyan, and navy of the ocean and the rivers making their way through the world. There was the moss and evergreen colors of the forests, valleys, and plains. But it wasn't just the ground that Shu and Tefnut focused on. They turned their gaze up to the heavens, working together with compassion and patience. They were able to craft the sky as we know it. They created the stars, space, and the heavens. Finally, the world was worth living in. Shu and Tefnut were not the only gods. From Ra and others, several more gods sprung up. Gods that represented all kinds of concepts, all kinds of things that shaped the earth. However, Ra and Ma'at were not the only two gods that sprung from nothing when the earth was new. After all, Ma'at's arrival ensured that there was balance in the world, and if there was to be a sun, then there had to be a moon as well. Thoth was the god of the moon, wisdom, writing, science, art, magic, and judgment. He was a just god, much like Ma'at, which explains why the two got along so well, nearly from the moment that they met. Thoth had the body of a man and the head of an ibis, a beautiful bird with a long black beak. Thoth had a calm and regal energy about him, an energy that mirrored Ma'at's rather beautifully. But at the beginning of creation, the two had other things in mind than connecting with one another. Day and night had to be created if the world was going to function the way that it needed to. And doing that was not going to be entirely easy. The sun followed Ra wherever he went, 
and he had to spread that beautiful sunlight across the land to provide the land with all the nourishment and warmth that it needed and deserved. In order to bring the sun across the land for the twelve hours of day, Ra needed a vessel. During the daytime, when Ra had to bring the sun across the land, he used a solar bark called the manjet, also known as the boat of millions of years. He settled into this boat every single morning, just before the people of the world had awakened, just before it was time for the sun to grace the land with its presence. It was a simple boat made of wood, with tall, curved edges that allowed Ra to slice through the sky and the water as he made his way around the world. Every time that Ra stepped into it, he felt a sense of profound peace and hope wash over him, drenching him with positive energy from his head to his toes. He would settle into the boat, his staff firmly in his hand, and then, slowly, he would push off, allowing himself to sail up into the sky. This journey was one of his favorite tasks, and he wasn't alone, because every single morning, Ma'at would join him on this journey. She'd settle into the boat with her father, watching over everything that he would do. As the goddess of balance, it was her duty to ensure balance prevailed in every aspect of the world. With the rhythm of night and day, representing that balance on the cosmic scale. Ma'at grew more mesmerized by this journey with each passing day. Though she was a powerful, rather graceful and stoic goddess, she was still a being who could not deny the beauty and the majesty of the universe and early in the morning twilight, just before it was time for the sun to rise, Ma'at would take a deep breath of the fresh, invigorating air. She could taste the briny salt of the ocean, the ocean that she had calmed. She could taste the earthy, sweet aroma of crops, of tart and delicious pomegranates heavy on the tree, of grapes dangling on vibrant vines. Somehow, in the morning, the aroma of the world around them seemed to be even more powerful 
even more special. And as Ra moved the boat forward, sending the father and daughter sailing into the sky, they could really see the magic around them. As they rose up into the sky, Ma'at would watch the smooth line of the sunrise as it swept across the land below her. She watched as the world of darkness, a world that reminded her very much of the world of chaos and infinite lifeless water, was transformed. She watched as that golden line of morning crept over the rolling sand dunes of Egypt as it meandered its way up rugged, rocky hills, illuminating what few trees resided there, as it turned the dark waters of the River Nile into gleams of sapphire and gold. But it wasn't just the landscape transforming that amazed her. It was what this transformation did to the people down below. They had made primitive homes now, homes made of mud bricks and reeds along the winding river that had been created not too long ago. And people living in those homes were not just some distant inhabitants of the land. When they had been created from the tears of Ra, neither Ra nor Ma'at knew the impact that the people would have on the world. They had no idea what intricate lives they would weave. They had no idea how deeply they as gods, would care for them and respect them. Ma'at would lean on the edge of the boat and look out in wonder as the world passed below her. She'd always smile as she watched children and their parents journey out into the bright new day happy to be waking up together once more. Every once in a while, Ma'at would catch sight of a couple embracing one another, eyes closed as they smiled and turned their faces up to feel the warmth of the gentle morning sun. Ma'at admired that humans could find something so joyful so pure as love in the world. It touched her deeply. For the twelve hours of day, Ma'at and Ra made their journey across the world. They often shared their thoughts and ideas, but some days they remained in silence. Sometimes there was nothing to be said. All they could do was look out over the world in appreciation and awe. 
and when the day was over, the two would travel through the underworld from the time when the sun sets in the west and rises again in the east. But the journey of night was not across the night sky. It was a journey through the underworld, a journey that would test Ra and Ma'at every single night. For the underworld was divided into twelve sections, each one representing an hour of the night, and with each section Ra and Ma'at would encounter different allies and enemies they had to overcome in order to continue their journey. As Ra changed his path and duties from daytime to nighttime, he would change his manifestation and appear in his ram-headed form. As he made his journey through the night, Ra would merge with Osiris, the god of the afterlife and the dead. And every night, Ma'at, Ra, and Osiris would fight against Apep, the giant serpent, and the only remaining embodiment of chaos since Ma'at had brought harmony to the world. Whenever someone gazed upon Apep, they would be frozen in place, unable to move due to his strong hypnotic gaze. But without fail, Ma'at, Ra, and Osiris could overpower Apep with ease and continue on their journey. When they reached the end of the night, just before the sun began to rise, Osiris and Ra would separate and Ra would be reborn. Just like all of us are born new every morning with a fresh start, so was the great god Ra. And though keeping order and harmony in the world was a hefty task, that was not all that Ma'at had to do. She had things to tend to in the underworld, things that required her unique understanding of balance. As the goddess of justice, it was Ma'at who determined what would happen to the souls of those who passed onto the next life. Those who passed on would enter the underworld, where they too would pass through the twelve hours of night. At the end, they would find themselves standing before a scale a scale known as the Scale of Judgment. On one side of this massive, beautiful scale was an ostrich feather, feather of Ma'at, symbolically representing the concept of Ma'at, or virtue. On the other side, the hearts of those who passed on would be weighed since it was believed 
that the soul resides in the heart. If their hearts were heavier than the feather, they would remain in the underworld. If their hearts weighed less or equal to Ma'at's feather, they would pass on to the field of reeds, a heavenly paradise where Osiris ruled. What determined the weight of one's heart was whether or not they had violated the 42 laws of Ma'at. These laws, established on justice, truth, and compassion, ensured that only those that were worthy would pass on into the afterlife. Ma'at herself did not stand before the scale every time and determine who could pass on to the afterlife and who would not. Instead, it was Thoth who observed the scales and decided whether a person lived a virtuous life or not. Thoth was perhaps the wisest god of them all, and his sense of justice was second only to that of Ma'at. That is precisely how the two ended up falling in love with one another. Their roles in the universe were intertwined, inseparable, and from those roles, the love they had for one another grew ever so strong. Their lives were virtuous, lives of trust, truth, and compassion. Lives where they were not only good to each other, but good to the world around them. I hope you have enjoyed this story, and it has brought you a night of peaceful, restful sleep as Ra Ma'at and Thoth made their long journeys across the world. Please, join me again tomorrow night for another sleep story. Until then, sweet dreams. <laughs>